This is 88.5 NEPM. Massachusetts officials are still looking at ways to address the crush of need on the state's emergency shelter system. The feds visited, but will they help? I'm Carrie Healy, and this is Beacon Hill in 5, our look at the week ahead in politics and government in Massachusetts. We've got Chris Lisinski from the Statehouse News Service on the line. Hey, thanks for joining me, Chris. Hey, happy to be here, Carrie. Concerns are growing over the close to 23,000 people in the state's emergency shelter system. House Speaker Ron Mariano has said, quote, unless we get help, we're going to have some difficult decisions, unquote. Now, as I understand it, Chris, difficult decisions, I'm using air quotes there, is a Beacon Hill euphemism for budget or spending cuts. So what's the latest on the shelter crisis? It continues to strain the system really to a level that it's never been strained before. Last week, we were up to something like 6,900 families in emergency shelters here in Massachusetts, which is already an enormous increase over the previous record levels from just a month ago or so. Uh, Federal officials were here on the ground last week getting a firsthand look at a family welcome center and some of the shelters the state is using. But other than that, we don't really know what the federal response is going to be. President Biden has proposed something like $4 billion to make some funding available for cities and states to help shoulder this burden. But there's no clear indication if or when that will move. And it seems like state officials are still just waiting and keeping the pressure on Washington to help them with this uh, this really unprecedented situation. And briefly, speaking of shelter and housing, local officials from Amherst and other communities across the state are urging lawmakers to grant them the ability to charge extra fees on real estate transactions. Is the legislature and the governor likely to grant that approval? So far, we haven't had any indication that there's real momentum behind this from lawmakers and Governor Healy. The governor was pretty noncommittal in either direction on the campaign trail when she was asked about the idea of local real estate transfer taxes. You know, we're expecting some kind of significant housing proposal to emerge from the administration soon. There's always a chance that this could feature in there. But, you know, this has been around the block several sessions in a row, and it's never really won any support from top Democrats in the legislature. So I would say it looks like it still has a long way to go. Today marks day 10 of the war between Israel and Hamas. Massachusetts has the third highest percentage of Jewish residents in the U.S. behind New Jersey and New York, according to the Jewish Virtual Library. Chris, what are state lawmakers saying about this moment? Yeah, the the response from Beacon Hill has largely been a lot of vocal support for Israel, calls on the U.S. federal government to stand behind Israel and condemnation of the attacks. Um, There's also been a lot of focus pointed on rise in anti-Semitism here in Massachusetts and the United States. You know, we have seen hate crimes on the rise in recent years, particularly anti-Semitic incidents on the rise. And even the um, the, the geopolitical tensions are uh, pointing lawmakers back toward the impacts here at home. And last week, a gun bill received a public hearing in the Massachusetts House. And in your reporting, Chris, you noted the leader of one gun owner group criticized lawmakers for giving people just one business day to review the entire bill before the hearing. What moments in the more than six hours of testimony stood out to you? I'll I'll mention a couple, one from either end. 
On multiple occasions, gun owners who opposed this bill trekked all the way to Beacon Hill or zoomed into the, the virtual hearing to tell lawmakers not just that they oppose this legislation, but that if it becomes law, they simply will not comply. Made it very clear up front, they just won't follow this law should it come into action, which is a, a really striking, defiant tone that you don't often see with legislation. And coming from the other end, uh, it still sticks in my mind. We heard time and time again, firsthand testimony from victims of gun violence. I will never forget Jody Marchand, a Westford woman who told lawmakers all about how her former husband killed her daughter and shot her with a firearm that she had bought him as a Christmas gift. Um, it's the kind of harrowing detail that's that's really hard to forget. And uh, what is next for that bill? We're expecting it to pop any day now in the House. Uh, Speaker Ron Mariano has signaled he wants a vote on that by the end of October, and then it'll be over to the Senate where Democrats are working on their own gun bill still behind closed doors, and we don't really know much about what's going on with that effort. Chris Lisinski is a reporter with the Statehouse News Service in Boston. Chris, thank you. Of course. This is Beacon Hill and 5, our weekly check-in at the Statehouse. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from NEPM at our website. That's nepm.org slash podcast. This is NEPM. 